I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This week... Real Water Sports just received a big batch of CI uh, surfboards. So everything that we've been talking about on this show organically, uh, the Bobby Quad we've talked about organically, thinking that thing looks really rad. You were talking recently about the G-Skate that you saw on the internet. Obviously, that CI Pro, Joao Chianca, just won the Portugal event on that. That's the Parker Coffin uh, model that they had been working on and that uh, Jack Robinson actually picked for his stab in the dartboard last year. Real Water Sports has all that stuff in every size range. Yeah, you know, you can also um, get all the Channel Islands accessories, you know, tractions, leashes, fins, um, so yeah, look, Real Water Sports, they just got in a whole stack of killer CIs. You'd be remiss not to go onto realwatersports.com and at least scour and take a peek at. And they just did a CI Pro uh, review on um, Surfline. So you can check that oh, out too. Nice. Yeah. The, uh, the CI Mid that Devin Howard obviously worked on with them. And we talked about that for the last couple of years. So yeah. all that stuff, I'm sure you've been, you as a listener, have been thinking about if you've been considering a CI purchase, um, consider doing it through realwatersports.com. They'll get it to you, ship it to you wherever you are in the world for one flat low fee. So that is a great resource. And then, of course, waterwaystravel.com. Um, did you see that clip? Tosh Tudor in Fiji. He was in cloud break, posted a clip getting absolutely shacked and his dad chimes in and he's like, Joel Tudor chimes in and he's like, Tosh, I thought you were supposed to be in, I think he said Portugal or something like that. <laughs> like he had no idea that Tosh went from Portugal, stopped over in Fiji to get shacked in cloud break. Yeah, I saw the clip. That's super cool. And, um, and I tell you what, Tosh is such a good young man. Like he's, 
he's incredibly um, well-mannered and considerate and respectful and he's just a great kid and he surfs great and he's sort of the um, well you know he's he surfs where I surf all the time so all the guys that surf where I surf uh, we're all pulling for him and it's fun to see Tosh do so well now the thing that I love about Fiji as a as a surf destination is that it kind of checks all the boxes. Like it's great for the family. Mm-hmm. Um, it cloud break is probably the most, one of the most challenging waves in the world, I believe, especially if there's a little bit of West in the swell. Um, I mean, it should be a spot on the CT that, that, you know, it's a no brainer that they would have an event there as they have in the past. But the other good thing is that, if you're not like expert level, there's plenty of super fun waves around there that are more like yeah. intermediate waves, you know, like Wilkes or even Nomotu. Um, and then on top of that, there's Fiji's friggin' paradise. Like when you land in Fiji and you, and you're like in Fiji for the first time, you're like, Holy mackerel, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And there's just all these little islands dotting this blue, beautiful Pacific ocean. And, on top of that, the people are so accommodating and loving and caring, and and it comes naturally from their heart. So there's this really great like confluence of of things that happen when you're in Fiji. It's kind of like the best of of everything. When you think about a dream, warm, blue, tropical vacation, it's got it all. So I'm a big fan of Fiji as a surf destination. Man, I couldn't agree with you more. I've not been, but that makes me absolutely want to book a trip. Um, Waterways, it's kind of a premier destination for them, but they happen to have open spots um, on both Tavarua and Namotu in May and June. So, um, yeah, which is kind of a rarity. So if you are interested and you want to jump on that, I would get on that as quickly as you possibly can because they're not going to last. But waterwaystravel.com is where you do it. Obviously, they're the premier surf concierge travel service throughout the world. Um, They'll not only help you book everything, but give you advice for what to bring, how to pack, which boards to bring, which what to expect from swell directions, tides, all that sort of stuff. Well, the other thing, too, about Fiji is fishing. So, Mm. you know, I I mean, it's like I said, it checks all the boxes. It's, it's ridiculous fun in Fiji. Scott's a Fiji fan. I first went to Fiji in 1988. Wow. I was seven. <laughs> it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. I had quite an adventure, believe me. <laughs> but let's not get into that. Waterwaystravel.com. As we see... Some movement at the takeoff zone. It's Kelly Slater grabbing rail. A clean entry. This thing holding open. It spits. When it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit. Spits him out. Comes out after the spit. Gets spat out of another good-looking wave here. Spit. 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 We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, I got Um, Yeah, God, David. Yeah, God. Yeah, friggin' God. It's, uh... Thursday, April 6th, perhaps the greatest week of all weeks each and every year, because generally we have the WCT Bells event right around this time, but also it's Masters Week, right? And if you're a golf fan, no greater week than Masters Week. Wow. That's exciting times (laughs) in the Bass household. (laughs) Um, 
is is the Masters living up to its master potential? Unlike the I mean, Bells event, uh, the first round has started. It's they're playing it right now, uh, and okay. I'll tell you one thing that's cool about the Masters is it's not dependent on swell. That's <laughs> like, a nice thing. It'll happen no matter what. <laughs> that is a good thing. Um, so I guess that is a perfect segue just to discuss the bells event, which is running ran day one at winky pop yesterday. Did you get a chance to catch up on any of that? It started late night for us, but I did watch it. Yeah. I watched quite okay. a few heats and, um, and it was a little lackluster to be honest with you, you know, a little onshore, a little, um, just, you know, just like, you know, I mean, how many times are we going to say it? The waves aren't good, so it's not fun to watch. I'll just be, mm. you know, it doesn't mean that there aren't exciting moments, um, you know, regarding the cut. And even though we're a little bit too early to get too amped up on the cut, but not really. I mean, the cut is looming, you know, and so yeah. that needs to be the story that that if the waves are bad, the, the, the WSL, the production staff needs to realize what is the story. And the story is not the waves. And the story is not the guy in the yellow jersey. The story is the cut, the guys below that are struggling, where there's real drama. And yeah. I'm not saying they're not doing that. I'm just saying that that should be first and foremost through on it, the top of everyone's story ideas and segment ideas as they move through the uh, broadcast. Yeah, it's not too early to discuss the cut because uh, like Kelly and Steph need results here, you know, yep. in order, like they, they can't just rely on the next event. So the cut does matter in this event as well. But Michael Ciarmarella, um posed a great question over on stabmag.com. He said, Molly Picklam and Joao Chianco both failed to make the cut last year. They now sit uh, at number one and number two in the world respectively, which begs the question, is this an example of the cut doing its job or does their success prove how silly that the cut is in the first place? And I think it's kind of more of the latter. It's an art. It's a, they're trying to manufacture drama with this cut scenario. And it's, um, it's a poor design in order to do that. And it's a, it's also artificial drama, you know, like the real drama would be running at cloud break. The real drama would be running in harrowing surf and then you don't need to manufacture anything the drama is inherent and so trying to create this scenario really doesn't do the tour any service and then the good surfers are able to get back on and just get back into first and second place anyways you know so it, it really kind of nullifies the concept yeah i see i see the point i mean what i'm always drawn to is I love the cut because I love less people on tour. And if it was up to well, me, yeah. there just wouldn't be a cut. There'd only be 20 people on tour or less. Of 16. Course. So of course. Yeah. that's, you know, like, so I'm pro cut because I'm like, cool. The sooner we get to less people on tour. Now the flip side of that is of course the WSL, when they go um, post cut the back half of the season, they shrink down the waiting period, <laughs> which is unfortunate. You know, I think they should keep totally. the waiting period and get those 16 surfers in really good waves, but, um, yeah, well, I completely agree with what you're saying, but the point of the cut yeah. isn't to have a smaller tour. The point of the cut for them is to manufacture drama. If the point was to have a smaller tour, they would just have a smaller tour, you know? And I'm okay with manufacturing drama. I am. I mean, I know that we can point to Jiao and Molly and go, well, it doesn't work. I mean, what's the, what drama if these guys can just requalify? 
Well, the drama is, is is drama. I mean, if you ask the guys on tour, they're, they're, they're concerned about it. And that's, I don't think that's, maybe it's manufactured, but it's not insincere. It's legit drama. I mean, these people are legitimately looking at going and getting an electrician's license versus staying on tour. So, um, and then they have well, to reschedule their entire trip and, you know, do the qual do the challenger series or whatever that thing's called. And, um, I, you know, I, think, I, I think it's good. Uh, yeah. I think that when I say manufactured drama, I think if you design the tour correctly, the drama is inherent, you know, the drama, um, right. So this I mean, is, look, I just think it's a poor design. Well, when you, when you, right, so we got to deal with what they've got. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, at any rate, um, the event ran at Winky Pop. There were some stellar uh, performances, you know, considering that it was mediocre surf. But when I looked at that forecast, obviously, you would pick your fantasy team entirely differently than if you were looking at a proper Bells forecast. Yeah. And so when I looked at it's going to be running at chest high winky pop which is like a down the line fast wave i'm like okay griff colapento for sure john john surfs that style of wave really well um uh i think felipe would felipe do. yeah felipe would be an easy bet and then i look at the people who are risking being cut kelly slater i'm like shoot this does not bode well for kelly you know no. i think kanoa i think kaloe are guys who would rise to the occasion kanoa did yesterday i don't know how yeah. um kaloe did and then uh, on the women's side, Steph, who was facing um, potential mid-year cut, she stepped up and really surfed a couple of incredible waves as well. So, yeah, she had a super high-scoring heat. Yeah, I think she, I think she was at sixteen point eight or something like that, or maybe maybe more. That but sounds yeah, about right. There was a look, number of those. You're absolutely right. Another guy like Morgan Siblick. I think of like light, um, you know, red hot. Um, performance oriented regular foots that are sort of light on their feet that are yeah. young that that can you know jam down the line see a crumbly onshore section and do their little aerial maneuver whatever it might be and yeah. um so it was we pretty lackluster you know watching it wasn't super exciting um there i've i've looked at the forecast of course and it actually doesn't look too bad at least with the winds uh, towards the back half of the waiting period. The last day is the 14th. I think I want to say on like the the 10th or the 11th or the 12th, right in there, the winds sort of straighten out and there's some really steep swell that should probably find its way into Bells. I'm not an expert on the location, but, um, you know, we'll see. I, I'm, you know, the next few days are going to be on, onshore, basically. It's going to mm. be crumbly, gray, drizzly, and and although there will be some swell, I think, on Sunday, especially Easter Sunday, um, you know, it could be pretty big, but it's going to be also rather dreary. Hmm. Um, Survival League, I don't know if you got in on this. I did. We both, Are you kidding? We both, we both <laughs> got booted from Survival League, as our listeners know, early in the season, uh, day or event one for me. Uh but they introduced the Losers League, which now it's too late for anybody listening to get in on. But if you uh, are part of that email list, you would have gotten the email and the notifications on Instagram. I jumped in to the Losers uh, League, and I picked John John for this event. Who'd you get? <laughs> you did. You, you went yeah. against your strategy. I thought you were saving John John for um, you know, one of the big nope. like 
uh, Chopu or something. Nope. I think I got Gabby for Chopu, but John John was my pick for Bells always. He oh, was so you're strategy. sticking to your strategy, which is proving. Sticking. Okay. Well, that's good. I chose uh, Kyle, which was oh, kind wow. of a, which was kind of off, you know, the reservation. Yeah. I mean, you could have, I could have gone a lot safer. You could have for sure. Kyle. So how did he do in round one? Um, he's through, he's into the round of 32. Okay. Uh, Kelly is not through. Kelly is in the no. elimination round and somebody messaged me to say that this is actually, they're excited to watch the elimination round for once, you know, like usually <laughs> that you just skip that. They're like, this is the first time I'm actually interested because Kelly got dispatched by a wild card, uh, yeah. in, in round one. And so now he's in round two. I should pull up who he drew in round two. Well, because obviously you just has to get first or second. Let me, let me just say this, that this is mm. the problem with, with what's happening with, um, you know, running in lackluster ways because this kid Xander, he surfed great, you know, but he's just the local hot kid that surfed two foot winky better than Kelly, you know, and it's just doesn't totally. do justice to Kelly Slater. You know what I mean? Like this kid, I'm not, you know. In any 100%. legitimate surf, this wouldn't even be yeah. a contest. Yeah. And now well, we got Kelly losing it... in two foot crap and it's kind of sad. Potent... It's like not cool. And potentially being put out to pasture for his career too. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. So, and that's going to happen. I mean, this heat, that could be today. Yeah, I know. And so not only does it not do Kelly Slater justice, it does not do the World Surf League any justice at all. You know what I mean? Like this is not what they want to be building their brand on. Um, and this isn't one event, by the way. This is the fourth event this year that it's running in marginal surf. And year after year after year after year, we're having this conversation. And so it really, it's kind of egregious at this point. Well, let me ask you this. This is what it's kind of popping into my head right now is, as you know, and Stab's done a great job of doing their series about how surfers get paid. And what everyone knows is that um, sponsorship dollars are less and less. There's fewer and fewer dollars for these pro surfers. It seems like everything is is moving towards, it would be better for the brands if there was only 16 guys that they needed to focus on. And there was a much fatter qualifying and challenger series, a lot more yeah. Young people that were cutting their teeth to seeing who's the best, who, you know, of these 150, which are the top 10 or of yeah. these 250, which are the top 10. And let's let a few of those, let's let the top five slide into the top 16 or whatever. Like it seems, I guess what I'm saying is it seems like the, the economics of pro surfing are leading to a smaller championship tour less surfers it would just be better for everyone i believe yeah it, it's shocking that the management has not figured that out yet because that's entirely accurate and they are losing money so yeah, um well the one thing i'm looking forward to with this event is the heritage series heat they're yeah. bringing back the heritage heat we got Curran against aki which yeah. who what's your Who's your well, pick? here's what they should absolutely do for this thing is they should have a weigh in. They should have a scale <laughs> and they should have Aki and Tom strip down to Speedos and they should get on the scale. And it would just be so fascinating to see what their body types are looking like right now. I know Tom oh. looks pretty lean and mean. He's always kind of lean and mean. 
But well, um, I'm shocked that you, you who knows what we would see, you know? Oh, I know because I follow him on Instagram and he is looking svelte. He, oh, not good. only svelte, he's looking muscular, dude. Like he's got a little bit of a dad bod belly, just a tiny yeah. bit. Like not yeah. not in his worst shape that we've ever seen him by any yeah. stretch, but lots of muscle in the shoulders and the arms. He's looking fit, dude. Wouldn't that be cool a weigh in? <laughs> It'd be a little bit silly. <laughs> Well, I mean, it'd be a lot silly, actually. Yeah. But who's who's your pick? Well, obviously, I'm a Tom Curran guy. You know, um, I'm a huge fan. There was a cool thing. I'm sure you saw it. I think it was on Instagram, where Tom just rolled into one of the stores there um, in the Bells region and just picked up boards for the event right off the rack. I think he grabbed a CI Black Beauty, a CI Free Scrubber, and a CI Pro. Yeah. And um, those are the those are the boards he decided to select for what's happening. I well, anticipate he'll ride the, the CI free scrubber just based on what we're seeing from a forecast standpoint. But I like Tom Kern in this thing. Um, obviously, Aki's a heavy, heavy favorite here in his hometown, and he has quite a history of Bells, as does Tom. So, um, you know, well, yeah, I'm, I'm picking off. By the way, that's not the only thing I'm looking forward to. I do foresee good, clean surfing, good, clean surfing waves of the shoulder to head high variety towards the back half of this waiting period. Does uh, whether they run it at Bells or Winky factor into your pick of Tom or you pick Tom at both locations? Yeah, I'm just fully going with my heart, you know? Yeah, you are. Dude, I'm telling you, I hate to go against my heart because I love me Tom. Tom yeah. is, you know, top probably surfer of all time for me. Um, but Aki just looks i mean again you'd have to go look at his instagram account but he is shredding dude like he's surfing so well lately yeah um, and riding riding shortboards you know like tom's getting on he's been riding skimboards for the last while <laughs> and i mean obviously free scrubber twin fins stuff like that but aki's riding pointy thrusters and really at a high level and so i think that just bodes well for the judges I think you might be onto something. Some of it I sense could be, you know, Aki's got like a, you know, I, I don't know, 18, 19, 20 year old son, something like that. And uh, maybe a little older. And so that kind of keeps you fresh and young and on your, on your game. And, and I know because, you know, I have a, a son and, 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 you know, it just keeps you kind of in that f mindset of being 18 years old when you're hanging mm -hmm. out with a guy and you're surfing with him. And, and Tom well, doesn't Tom really does have too. that. I mean, Tom's got oh, that's right. His, he son, does. his son Pat's ripping. Red, red and his daughter's too. ripping. Yeah, just, I don't know. I just sense that you see more of Aki with his kids in social media. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm excited to watch it, and I do think it will be a totally. I think they're both going to surf the heat totally differently. I see Aki coming out and just trying to post eights, you know, and I see Tom just getting super groovy, probably taking off like on a tiny little ripple and just shredding it all the way to the beach or something like that. Yeah. Um, not even worried about set waves. And so I think their personalities will be what we see most of, and we just want to see them surf. So it really doesn't even matter who wins. Yeah, exactly. But I do sense that there's sort of a bet here between us like you've kind of set up the opportunity for some sort of wager you know like you've got aki i've got tom i don't know what the I'm, amount is or if it's even an amount i'm willing to continue my losing streak 
every what, single bet the, we've ever made wager? on air. What's on the line? Yeah, what's on the line here? Oh man, I don't know. You pick it. I'm cool with whatever. Um, what if you have to wash your hair? Nope, <laughs> not in. <laughs> Speaking of losing streak or a streak, I am seven years in not washing my hair so i cannot that's cool that no straight. i wouldn't i wouldn't want to put that on that's stupid well let's just do twenty dollars okay sweet 20 bucks i'm in all right um well anything else on bells or do you want to get into uh, other news because i've got some surf biz that we can discuss no let's get into what whatever you have magic seaweed is morphing into surfline.com and so these are surf forecasting websites and uh, the purchase was actually made in 2017, but uh, Surfline purchasing Magic Seaweed, but yeah. both operated as separate websites up until I think two days ago, um, where Magic Seaweed is kind of being rolled into Surfline. Surfline being the larger platform. And uh, do you have do you have thoughts on this before we kind of break down the details and? have you ever used magic seaweed? I know obviously Surfline is huge in California. So, um, that's kind of what is the main site that we would use here, but have you used magic seaweed? Yeah. You know, um, when I go to Europe, magic seaweed is sort of the go-to, um, yeah. it's there's, you know, I, I don't know if they specialize in Europe, but they're, they're yeah. the ones that everyone uses. Um, like if you go to France or wherever in Europe, Morocco, even in down into Northern Africa, I think anywhere, you know, east of the Atlantic Ocean is sort of magic seaweed land. And mm. and I know down under in Australia, they're they're big fans of, of the seaweed. So uh, I have used it and I was always you know pleased with it. Um, what do you use in terms of I know you do forecast surf forecasting for San Diego. How do you gather that information? I. Mostly, I have multiple sources. Um, I will use the Surfline cams. Of course, I go to the beach. I'm just down the street here, so I I know you know I I have a sense of what's happening in the ocean just from um, you know me being there through osmosis and taking it all in. And the main thing I use though is I use the buoys. You know, I use the NOAA buoys and um, the Scripps buoys, the CDIP buoys, California Data Information. Um, mm. But so I use a, your, to answer your question, I can, I can conglomerate a bunch of different stuff. I, you know, I get what I see and smell and feel every day when I'm surfing. Um, I look at the cams, you know, like a, a lot of times, like if I, I want to see what's going on at San Onofre, because as you know, South Wales will hit up there way more than they will down here in San Diego. Um, Oceanside Harbor is a really good cam to get a sense of what the South Swell is doing. And, um, and so, yeah, you know, a bunch of different, I pull from a bunch of different areas. You're not providing forecasting as much as you're providing a report, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. Well, um, magic seaweed, I have not really utilized, uh, but this seems like a super smart move. It makes a lot of sense. It, and it also, from reading the article, Brendan Buckley interviewed, um, Ben Freeston is the guy's name who uh, founded Magic Seaweed, he had a really interesting story and he's clearly, clearly super, super smart. And um, he designed algorithms, basically. He built computers 
to generate these model, these forecasting models. So a lot of the information that everybody else uses for weather forecasting is available apparently through, um, uh, now I forget who it is exactly, but like, it's, it's like uh, the wave watch program through the government. I think the government, yeah, wave the watch government three. provides this information Yeah, and you can gather it. But what you do with it is kind of up to you. But they weren't really trying to, you know, identify uh, forecasting for surfing clearly. And so that's kind of what Ben focused on. And over the course of years, clearly developed these really sophisticated models. And it was all based on data. It's all based on what we know to have happened yesterday and the day before and the day before for years and years and years and years. So once you have kind of billions literally of data points, you can really kind of predict what will happen next time a similar weather pattern shows up essentially. And so, um, he, but the way that he was doing it was different than the way that Surfline was doing it. And obviously they had regional, uh, specialties that they were really focused on. And so the combination of the two makes a ton of sense. Surfline having built the larger of the two platforms, but, wanting the access to that super sophisticated algorithm and a smart guy like Ben. So Ben, not only are they folding seaweed into Surfline, but Ben is coming on and running in a, uh, like a vice president type role and will be involved with the company henceforth. So, uh, I think it's a good thing. Surfnvs.com for all of your surfboard fin needs. Yeah, look, um, I've got a number of surfboards and um, my NVS fin drawer gets a lot of work. You know, I'm putting fins in, taking fins out, trying different styles and different um, models of NVS fins. And I'm just a huge fan of everything those two good gentlemen do. And uh, I look forward to many uh, happy waves ridden with my NVS fins. Super reliable. I have the same fins for uh, from the very first set of fins that I got from them. They're still in perfect condition. So you just add to the collection. You never need to replace sets. You just add to the collection. And now I've kind of got something for every surfboard and I don't have to worry about it anymore. And if you are a surfboard shaper, they do limited run of custom fins as well. So you don't have to worry about you know committing to some huge capital outlay to stock up and then try to sell those over the course of the next year. You could just buy a few small sets and uh, yeah, they're their customer service, quality product, competitive pricing, surfnvs.com. Hiring for a small business is critical. It's imperative that you find a highly qualified professional to treat and grow your business with the same care and detail that you do. LinkedIn Jobs will be your next big unlock. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team fast and for free. Everybody is already on LinkedIn with their resume and their references. So the fact that LinkedIn built a hiring platform to connect the dots between everything is simple genius. It's way more sophisticated than a job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set, desire, ambition, all in an effort to help us advance our position. And it's easy to use and intuitive. So effective that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Fast hiring solutions means achieving your goals in record time with rapid growth in 2024. 
LinkedIn Jobs will even help you write the job descriptions and give you tools and prompts to help you interview your candidate like a pro. LinkedIn.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. And you can let the world's largest social network of business professionals work to connect you with the ideal candidate to help you grow your business. That is LinkedIn.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, the other big news is something that we've touched on a deal that was kind of in the works for the last while, but it's authentic brands group buys board riders for $1.3 billion. Wow. So this had been bounced around a bit. Um, and authentic, a deal was being made. Um, was it with blue star? I forget who the other company, yeah, blue star, blue star, uh, Anyways, that expired and authentic. So we have no idea what the numbers that they were working on before. We everybody was just kind of guessing, but now the number is revealed to be 1.3 billion. And um, authentic brands, by the way, is kind of interesting. I just was doing a bit of googling around to try to understand kind of what their portfolio looked like and where they, what their specialties are, how they will kind of how the how the surf brands will change under this new ownership. So I'll give you just a little bit of a background. Um, Jamie Salter is a name that I had heard in news before. He's the guy who owns Authentic Brands Group. He began his career in sports marketing in the 80s. In uh, 92, he co-founded the snowboard manufacturer Ride Inc., which I thought was interesting. I was not aware of that. Um, He stepped down from that role in 96 and joined a um, venture capital group called Hillco. He eventually left Hillco and started Authentic Brands Group, took that experience, and then started uh, Authentic Brands Group. The company acquires rights to brands and their names, and then um, 
basically licenses them out. So he owns, through Authentic Brands Group, he owns Marilyn Monroe. He owns Michael Jackson, Muhammad Ali, Elvis Presley. Within six years, the company grew into a $1.5 billion uh, company, earning a reputation as a brand expert. In November 2021, um, they secured... Another round of funding, and the company was valued at $9.5 billion. So, huge company. They currently manage the likeness of Shaq and David Beckham, and then they own a bunch of other brands, and it's everything from clothing to furniture, um, Sports Illustrated. They bought Sports Illustrated magazine a few years back. They own Reebok. They own Fredericks of Hollywood. They own Ted Baker. They own Volcom. Volcom was one of their acquisitions. And if you look at what they've done with Volcom, it's very different than what's happened with Hurley. Um, you know, Hurley's been licensed out and is now making beard oil and pool inflatables and stuff like that. Volcom, they've kept on a lot of that core management team and they've focused on athletes. They've focused on um, staying in core retail, surf retail, all that kind of stuff. So I think they are expanding Volcom into other markets and kind of middle America and main retailers and all that, but they still are putting money into surf. And so that potentially could be what they also do with Billabong and Quicksilver. Yeah, it'll be interesting, right? To see how it plays out. I sense that this guy, if he's still kind of the main decision maker or it's his vision, um, that he probably, based on what he did with Volcom, he probably sees just a ton of legacy, you know, three, three and a half, four decades of legacy with Billabong and Quicksilver. It would be a shame to sort of just body glove it out and make, you know, whatever koozies for beer cans. Um, yeah. So um, well, I think you're see, right. I don't, I, yeah, I, I agree. I don't I think the decision is strictly dollars and cents. And so, yes, they look at what body glove has done and what Hurley's done more recently. And they can just run those numbers and be like, how profitable is it to go that way? And then let's look at what we've done with Volcom and how profitable is it to go that way? And not in year one or year three, but like for the long term of the company. And so that's where the legacy conversation that you're talking about absolutely factors in. You know, once you're doing the beer koozie thing and that becomes your legacy, then there's no uh, power behind the brand 10 years down the road from exactly. people forget the original legacy. Exactly. So, so yeah, I think he is making that assessment, but you know, you and I are wanting him to make that assessment for the good of surfing and for the good of the surf community so that we can get better athletes getting I mean, paid more money and making right? surf edits. And Quicksilver and Billabong as brands definitely transcend surf. Like there's some dude in Iowa right now at a Costco that's wearing a Billabong shirt and doesn't even know why. It's just Billabong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think the same is true of Hurley. Now Volcom, and again, I'm no expert, but I think Volcom's just a little bit knit, more of a niche, more of a it is more of a core boarding brand. And so maybe they look at it like, look, we know the guy in Iowa is gonna buy Billabong and Quicksilver. So let's go that route. Let's make koozies for beer cans. Volcom, let's keep this one more core. Maybe we can develop it into, you know, I don't know. I don't know exactly what their thinking is, but for sure, you well, and I would agree that Quicksilver and Billabong, the Iowa consumer is going to buy it just based on, oh, it's Billabong, not, oh, it's a super hardcore surf brand. I got to have that. Yeah. Well, um, but what the kid, what is the kid going to buy in Iowa? 
you know, and it, and for for like let's say Tilly's, who's a national retailer here, but geared more towards the youth, it's going to be a lot harder for them to get Billabong and Quicksilver spots in Tilly's, uh, it, placements in Tilly's, if it's also in Nordstrom's and Macy's and Target and who knows where else. Whereas Volcom is not in Macy's, so they can kind of they can utilize those brands to get placements everywhere. Essentially, we've got Quicksilver Billabong to go into the large retailers that Dad is going to buy, and then we've got this other brand, Volcom, that goes into these youth yeah. retailers. Essentially, you know. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I don't think that if the brands Quicksilver and Billabong, I don't think it's worth trying to chase the youth market. The youth market moves is much more transient. You know, it's. Um, you know what I mean? Like Quicksilver and Billabong, they're just not, kids aren't going to wear their dad's clothes. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. No matter how it's designed, they're not going to. Um, well, the other, the other th- thought that I had kind of tangential to that conversation is I've noticed when I open up YouTube, O'Neill has really seem seemingly been investing uh, back into marketing and making edits and really worthwhile uh, video pieces too. There's a series um, that they did. It was a collaboration project with Surfline. And I think the second episode actually just dropped today or yesterday. Um, it's called Maps to Nowhere. And yes. they get they get uh, Matt Road, who's a journalist and an explorer. Like he's always searching. A classic surf story, right? Searching for empty surf. Like the world is so crowded. I need to find. I've looked at a map and I've seen these charts. And like this is, I think, where we're going. And they don't ever reveal where the location is, but it's a searching for surf mission, and he brings the O'Neill team with him. And so it's kind of a perfect, uh, it's an old concept, but it's a perfect concept in that let's just empower this journalist who wants to do wants to find the surf to take the team with him. And then he'll, he's a journalist, so he'll document the experience, and now we got a YouTube video for it, you know? And it's like 20 minutes long. They're doing a series. Um, but it's really, really good content, you know, and the surfing is great, of course, because O'Neill has a strong team and the thing had a couple hundred thousand views when I looked at it, you know, so it's not, it's not tiny. I guess they have the Surfline's platform pushing it out. So that's going to help them, but it's good quality content. And O'Neill has not been in our conversation for the last decade, I'd say, you know, Um, but I feel like they have reinvested. I don't know what's going on behind the doors or with the brand, but I feel like they've reinvested in the team. They've reinvested in marketing. Obviously, they got Chloe Andino. They've got Caitlin Simmers now. And um, I feel like they're kind of making a push. They're kind of crushing it. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, it's funny. When you think of the O'Neill brand, I know at some point they they sort of had O'Neill North America. And then there was a European division. And they seemed to kind of die, you know, like go in different directions. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? There wasn't a lot of synergy. You sensed that. You know, O'Neill North America was just different for whatever reason, and um, maybe they've they've got the management teams to sort of see more eye to eye, or at least to have some synergy with their marketing and with their plans for each and every year. But I agree. You know, the maps to nowhere. I watched it. I was a fan of it. I I found myself asking the question I think a lot of surfers ask, which is where exactly is this? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I kind of want to find this spot. Like, this can't be. This feels like, and here's the other thing, and I'm interrupting myself here, but, you know, there's a little bit of sort of trite cliche stuff in that 
in the first episode, which is like, we're not going to tell you where it is. We're going to respect the spot so it doesn't get overcrowded. And then you're like, well, wait a minute. Surfline puts cameras on almost every single spot they can, you know, yeah. so which is it? But I mean, of course, everyone respects that and, and appreciates that and hopes that there's never a cam there and that there's not a surf camp that sort of mushrooms out of these situations. But then it's yeah. like, well, who am I to say there shouldn't be a surf camp there? I'd First of all, I'd probably be the first one to sign up to go visit it. And secondly, <laughs> it'd probably be really good for the local economy, you know? Um, yeah. But what is it? You know, it, there's so many, there's so many variables with this, you know, with the idea of don't, let's not, let's not tell anyone about it um, because we want to keep it as cool and as pristine as possible. Um, But again, I sense that have we asked the people who actually live there what they want? And, um, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't have any answers here, but uh, it's sort of like, it kind of reminds me of when when people first started pushing into the mentor-wise in the late 80s, and it was like there was this vibe of don't give any of the local surfboards because we don't want the locals to surf and make it crowded. There was a real sense of like, you know, it just didn't seem right. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's weird. The whole surf travel, keep it quiet. It, it's on its surface, it seems like a great ideal to live up to keep the empty surf spot um but when you dig deeper you ask yourself is it just really kind of a a variance of surfers are the worst and they're just selfish and they're trying to be selfish you know like i don't know yeah it it's an age-old quandary right yeah it's like yeah we want to keep it pristine for me exactly (laughs) and nobody else um but i think surfline has done a great like a really deft job of navigating that exact conversation since their management kind of change in the last couple of years where I see them not naming spots when they're posting stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and really, yes, they are in the surf cam business, but, uh, I, I mean, I guess it's, I don't know. It's subtle changes. It's the subtle changing of not naming the spots. I suppose it feels like, they understand that there is a tribe and they want to empower that tribe with information and you know, they can't control every variable. Like you saying, have you asked the local people what they want or how they would like to proceed with this? Well, I'll tell you how that goes. Every single <laughs> local person gives you a different answer. You know what I mean? And right. so you can't right. please everybody, but there is a business here and it is a service and it is beneficial to you and I and those, you know, almost anybody who wants to understand what the waves look like at their local spot. And so, yeah, you yeah. can't, it's not a perfect model, but look, it is what it is. It's not going I away. Agree. But, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, on, on many levels, I'm the hypocrite here because I'm the guy that uses the cams and uh, loves the cams yeah. and everyone loves the forecasts. And, and, I, and I actually do appreciate what Surfline's doing. I think it's a cool thing. I, I, I I don't think it comes from an insincere place. And, um, and, and frankly, I think a few, some of these spots and they even say, so these aren't like brand new discoveries. These are spots that if you know, you know, yeah. and if you don't, you don't, and you're welcome to go find out, you know, and it's probably not going to be that hard. Um, I know I found myself in a fun way kind of going, where exactly is this spot based on 
what are the what is the what are the locals doing? What are their boats look like? What does their uh, housing look like? What does the vegetation look like? What does the ocean look like? You know, where is this left? You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. That's, I have some thoughts. What are your thoughts? Where do you think that wave is? I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to. I don't want to do that. But um, <laughs> the funny thing is, is that Surfline gets a lot of the flack for putting cameras up and, you know, driving crowds. But magazines, what about magazines? Like magazines literally are the way that we learned about all of these spots. Yeah. And so um, they don't get any flack at all. They only get, you know. Uh, praise and I'll tell you for too, their contributions. I don't know if it's meant this way, but it it sh- they should probably you know mention this. But it's a tip of the cap to Sean Collins because Sean was always very um, he kept his cards close to the vest, you know. Mm. And this sort of speaks to that, you know. This is sort of that same ethos. Mm. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, yeah, we'll go check that out. I'm a fan and curious i didn't watch episode two but i saw that it dropped yesterday so i'm curious to see what it looks cool it's, a, it's i want to see it too it looks like they find some beach break some really killer beautiful beach break and um yeah it's cool that there are waves out there that aren't being mentioned i think that's that are still at the end warm. of the day I'm, like, I'm i obviously love that you know what i mean i, I yeah i think it's great and well the the obvious thing is <clears throat> there's phenomenal uncrowded surf in uh cold places you want to go to the north atlantic you can find great waves you know but it's a mission and it's cold and so it's nice to see that there's still tropical surf as well that is uh not crowded not not undiscovered but uncrowded for sure yeah you know speaking of cold holy crap the water's so (laughs) cold here dude I know we get every time I say this, I get hate mail, not hate mail, but I get email from people going, dude, man up. It's 52 degrees here year round. We're stoked. It's warm. We're a yeah. five, four, whatever. Exactly. But for Southern California, the water was 50. We got a reading of 52.5 yesterday at one of the local nearshore buoys. And um, this morning it was 55. And it's just like next level for Southern California. It's just. We're spoiled, I guess, because this is uh, almost the no-go zone. I've got a 5.4 with a hood. I got yeah, it but it's the two North- foot and crappy. That's Yeah, that's a thing. But I did get that suit for the Northeast a while back, and uh, yeah, I might have to bust it out, actually. Dude, it's going to take um, you 20 minutes to get that thing on and off. For sure. You got, you got a dad bod. How's your dad bod? <laughs> not not fit enough to get out of a wetsuit that's for sure (laughs) that is like a straight jacket um well hey huge news not huge news but kind of uh i don't know sensational news that came out yesterday uh did you see that surf attack in bali that took place yesterday no what happened holy cow dude you're missing it this has been like all over instagram for the last 12 hours oh you're so No, I saw the footage. A couple of people started DMing it to me yesterday afternoon, and it was just three or four hours old at that point. But uh, female surfer Sarah Taylor was out surfing in Bali. Her very first wave, this dude burns her. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's like actually kind of coming at her. Like she's goofy foot on a left. She has priority. The dude takes off in front of her and kind of aims towards her. And so she puts her hands up and like pushes him away. Mm-hmm. He 
he gets pushed off the back of the wave. She surfs the wave while she's paddling out. That guy's buddy paddles over to her and punches her in the face. And this is all caught on film. Um, uh, And I'm just telling you what I witnessed yesterday, but since then stab magazine has actually interviewed her. And uh, so I can give you more information as well. But what I saw yesterday was that, and then cut to the filmer on the beach pushing record and the two male surfers attacking both Sarah Taylor and her female filmer. So two women getting attacked, punched in the face and pinned down on the ground and attacked and being hit by the guy's water bottle and stuff. Um, full on assault. Yeah. Full on assault. And there was about 15 or 20 people in the water, uh, who witnessed it, did not intervene. There's a number of people on the beach who witnessed it, did not intervene. Uh, the girls keep just saying, they're like, get out of here. Leave us alone. Please leave. Please leave. They're kicking her surfboard. Um, like the surf, surfboard was like on the scooter. They had a scooter and the surfboard was like in a rack on the scooter. They come over and they start kicking the surfboard, trying to damage it. So pretty Who are heavy stuff. Who are these local? Well, like Balinese? Yeah. Guys? So, so great question. And that was the focus of every post that I saw. Sarah Taylor has a pretty significant Instagram following, but then other people started posting about it too. Um, and They have the videos and then they took screen grabs of the guy's faces in the videos and published those additionally and said, hey, let's identify these guys. We need to find out who these assailants are. Well, the internet did its thing and they were identified. So um, JP Azevedo is the guy who punched her in the head, JP Azevedo. And Stab Magazine, uh, in, they interviewed the two females, and then in the bottom, as a little kind of postscript, said, as you can imagine, our DMs have been flooded since this incident occurred. Two things are worth noting. Number one, we're told by multiple sources that the assailant is a serial offender and was essentially run out of his local community in Brazil for beating up his girlfriend and lighting her dog on fire. Oh, my God. Number two, the authorities in Bali are looking for the assailants to deport them. We can't imagine the punishment stops there. Finally, our Brazilian correspondent reached out to JP, who cl- meaning the assailant, who claimed that he thought Sarah was a man. And only once he real and once he realized that she was a woman on the beach, he apologized. The footage we <laughs> saw from the beach clearly doesn't look like an apology. <laughs> so That's ridiculous. There, there was a lot of people who I saw in the comments who also identified him and said that they had incidences with him. The other surfers in the lineup that day said he had been doing that. Those two had been doing that to everybody else in the lineup. So it wasn't just for the female. It wasn't just this one time. They basically were out there trying to regulate the lineup um, with everybody. And so everybody else kind of was just like ignoring it because I guess we just got to deal with these douchebags, you know, and other people said, oh, yeah, they've been in Bali for they spent half the year in Brazil. They spent half the year in Bali. And if you've ever encountered them, you've seen this exact thing happen. They burn anybody they want and then they punch them. And even if you don't talk back, even if you don't try to fight them, they still come up and punch you just to let you know your place in the lineup. So this is um, JP Azevedo is the guy's name. This is horrific. Crazy, right? Yeah, it's just super, super sad. I mean. Human race, man. Good Lord. There's some, like, there's a lot of really great people too. And we're just highlighting the idiots, but this is just horrific. 
Well, it's, uh, you know, things like this happen in the lineup a lot. Uh, we don't always see them on video. You know, you don't capture them on video. And it's particularly egregious because Sarah is a female, you know. Um, but what blows my mind about this is those guys are going to get their asses kicked at some point. Like, you watch the video and you're like, that guy does not know how to fight. Like, I'm not a fighter. I'm not an expert on fighting. But that guy clearly doesn't know how to fight. He's just throwing, like, unhinged punches barely making contact, you know, he's not, he doesn't know what he's doing. So I'm like, these guys, if they're doing this to everybody that they encounter, how long, I mean, I've got friends, I've got a number of friends who do Brazilian, they're just casual, normal dudes who do Brazilian jiu-jitsu pretty significantly. And if he did that to one of them, they would absolutely kick the crap out of him. You know, like he does not know who he's going to encounter. And so maybe he's avoiding dudes who have cauliflowered ears. He can identify that. <laughs> but but there's a lot of dudes who just are unassuming who will absolutely break your arm. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, uh, which indicates to me that JP Azevedo has... Um, uh, you know, mental illness. There's nothing else that can I, that could be other than like a pure, he's just psychotic. Like there's nothing else that you could point to that would justify or explain beating up your girlfriend, getting run out of town, lighting her dog on fire, and then going to Bali and just punching random people in the lineup. Like it's insanity. So that's my take. Wow. <laughs> that's my well, take that's is mental horrible. illness run amok. I think you're on something. And, um, but I, that doesn't mean justice shouldn't be meted out here. And uh, I hope that I hope we get some follow up on what happens to these people because I'd like to know what happens. Well, it's interesting. You know, I think it is. Uh, it's great to hear that the authorities are searching for him and they're looking to deport him. And it sounds like he's got a reputation, so I'm sure people know where he is and they can provide that information to authorities. It might have already happened by now, um, but. I'm curious, what is Bali? Like, how's the legal system in Bali? I mean, is he going to get roughed up by the cops? Is he just going to get deported? Is he going to get it put in jail for a period of time before he gets deported? Do you have any idea how things work in Bali? I really don't. I'm really kind of clueless. Mm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. it'd be interesting if he ends up in jail and the other people in jail have seen footage of him punching a woman. There could be jailhouse justice, you know? I mean, that, yeah. that happens everywhere in the world. It'd be good if they just got denied access to Indonesia for the rest of their lives. Yeah, well, apparently Brazil doesn't want them either. <laughs> so, pretty heavy, but clearly, clearly the kooks of the week. That's an easy pick for kook of the week right there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sorry to, sorry to bring you down, Scott. Yeah, you know. Look. Go watch the footage if you want to be brought down more. I, uh. I've got to get going, but, um, you know, good show. Good show. I know you, I know you do. Um, we will, uh, I guess, discuss bells next week, the final and the cut implications. That's all coming down. So absolutely. We'll do it. Enjoy it. I hope Kyle makes it through for you. Me too, bro. Look until next time. Adios and aloha.
And don't forget to post your job for free at linkedin.com slash surf. That's linkedin.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.